of Faith with Nael Pondwana, 7 to 8 p.m. Good evening, welcome. You're listening to Facts of Faith with me, Nayel Upandwana. We are together until 8 o'clock. It's 19.05. That's five minutes after 7. And you should know that every time at this point, this is your chance to join in the conversation. Whatever it is we're talking about, please always feel free to join in the conversation. Don't wait for me to say the lines are open by virtue of us coming on air. That means we're most welcoming your texts, your Facebook posts, your Twitter posts, your WhatsApp posts, your voice notes, and your calls throughout the program. It's only a well, a virtual hour. Tonight we're asking the question, should God be feared? Do we overemphasize the fear for God instead of the love of God, for example? The protection he gives, the fear God. What exactly does it mean to fear God? Should God be feared? That's our question for tonight. You'll realize that when we grew up, I understand that would be a subjective time of reference, but a time was uh, when we would be told, God will punish you. You're going to go to hell. God's going to cut you down, going to strike you down with lightning. Things like those. And you'll be reminded of how God had destroyed these people and God sent these to destroy the other. It would appear that what would have been emphasized was how God is going to take you out if you don't toe the line. There are faiths that are known right now, like the Abrahamic faiths, the first three Abrahamic faiths. They are known of having carried out atrocious things in the name of God, the God that is to be feared. Boo. If you look throughout Jewish writings, this is a God who had sent a death to the firstborn sons of the Egyptians. This is the God who burned people alive, men, women, children, and everything in Sodom and Gomorrah. This is a God who drowned soldiers who were following instructions from their military leader in the Red Sea. This is the God who had given instructions to Saul to go and kill, to kill indiscriminately. That's the Jewish writings there. And the Bible actually verifies this in its own mind writings. This is the kind of God who has been portrayed and almost all the time the other aspects of God are not as emphasized as these aspects of God. Do this or God will be angry with you. And then you notice how uh, these two faiths, the Christian faith and the Jewish faith, would be in tandem collaborating and writing about it in the Old Testament as far as the Christian faith is concerned and the Jewish writings about the Torah and uh, you realize that they're writing about this God and then you go to the uh, Quran and then you realize and discover that there are some verses that people use in the Quran uh, which lead them to believe that uh, they need to strife and struggle against people and then you look into the history of the Muslim crusades into and out of Israel. And then you realize it would appear as though many people are overemphasizing this God that is to be feared as in the boogeyman. 
But when you ask all these leaders, whether it is a sheikh, whether it is a pastor or a rabbi, when you ask them, isn't this supposed to be a loving God? And they will show you texts, whether it is in the Bible or the Torah or the Quran, they will show you texts of a loving God. And then you wonder, how is it that this God is known to be a God of terror? We may not say it like that, but people tend to be terrified. Repent or else you will go to hell. You will burn in hell. We seem to be terrorized to repent. Is that what it's supposed to be? Should God be feared? If so, is that the kind of fear we want? Is that the kind of fear we're supposed to be shaken up by? That's our question for tonight. Should God be feared? And if so, what exactly do you mean by fear? I'm Nayar Pandwana. This is Facts of Faith. The views and ideas expressed in this program are views expressly of the people sharing them and not of the anchor or of that of this broadcaster. All persons, juristic or natural, are to be held responsible for their own representations offered on this program by their agents and not this corporation. Any and all consumption of our conversational substance is entirely at your own discretion. Please be advised that this program airs subject matter that has the potential to destabilize and challenge your intellectual equilibrium. If you are excitable, profound caution when consuming our subject matter is advised. Participation in this program is a voluntary enterprise and as such is expected to be considered and deliberated on. Kindly note that, just as the anchor is, all participants, guests and callers are encouraged to engage in this our freedom of expression and any of our civil liberties responsibly. Before I introduce you to our guest for tonight, I'd like you to listen to this clip. And I'm hoping my guests, as they are also on the line, listen to this clip. And then when we come back, I'll introduce you to our guest. We jump right in. Listen to this. In response to the Concord ruling that parents cannot spank their children, some advocated for spanking and said that they are bringing up God-fearing children therefore there is nothing wrong with spanking i don't want to talk about spanking i want to talk about god-fearing people when i grew up my idea of god was somebody who is very angry who basically we must fear and generally i don't create relationships with people or entities that i fear for me fear is like a big bad gorilla that you fear and therefore that for me contradicted when i studied my own theology about god that is loving god that is forgiving and i'm wondering where does this notion of a god fearing people comes from why do we associate god with fear and we don't want to associate god with love with forgiveness with mercy with grace and even if we say those things when we start talking about that we are a god fearing people i think for me it represents god as this inflexible punishing being why are we not talking about being god loving people because for me god loving people are kind 
God-loving people stand on the side of justice. God-loving people try again. God-loving people forgive those who err against them. God-loving people try to be better. And people that I love, I want to be close to. People that I fear, I don't want to be close to. So for me, uh, it's important that we interrogate this and make and problematize it. This whole issue of we are God-fearing people. I certainly do not want to have any relationship with anybody that I fear. And no matter how anyone can spin fear, for me, an all-loving God can also not be a God that I fear. I want to revere God. I want to love God because God is very clear that we are made in His image. That is the voice of uh, gender and social activist Lebu Ramafuku. And by the way, she's uh, stepping down in December, if I'm not mistaken, the CEO of the Seoul City Institute for Health and Development Communication. She will be stepping down uh, soon, if I, if I read my news well. But before she steps down, um, uh, she said this. And this is something that is a legitimate question. This is a legitimate question. If we're going to use the word fear, the very prominent definition of that word is hardly ever revered. Because she says in her clip, she is open to revering God, but not fearing, which means she has applied a particular definition of fear. Well, um, hopefully we'll get an understanding of what exactly um, why she chose that definition but I'd like to introduce you to our guests now in no particular order we do have Apostle Dr. Pamela Zul. Good evening to you Apostle thank you very much for agreeing to talk to us. Good evening very much for having me. Dr. Pamela Zul is from the Joy of the Lord Ministries International in Danville, Pretoria and also we do have Najma Kota. Good evening to you Najma thank you very much for agreeing to talk to us. Good evening. Thank you for having me. Najma Kota is a broadcast journalist, radio and TV presenter who is also a navigator and counsellor at a cancer institute at a private hospital. Oh, okay. Didn't know that. Najma, perhaps we could talk after the show. And also we do have Rabbi David Nossel. Rabbi, good evening to you and thank you very much for going to talk to us. My pleasure, Nayana. Rabbi David Nossel is a rabbi and a qualified medical doctor. Uh, I nearly gave the other intro that I used to, but... You did correct me then. All right, let's jump right in. It's 15 minutes after 7. Please feel free to join in the conversation right now from the onset. Don't wait up until it's 15 minutes before the close of time or 10 minutes and then start saying we didn't give you time to talk. Right? Join in the conversation right off the bat. Dr. Pamela Zulu, let's uh, get this clear. In your understanding, and I'm speaking to you now as a Christian leader, uh, First, your definition of fear. When people say God-fearing man or God-fearing woman or God-fearing children in the context of Lebo um, uh, what is your definition of fear when you say that? When you say God-fearing, what definition are you using there? According to scripture, fear is in a positive uh, form instead of a negative uh, form. It's a specific sense of respect for God. For example, if I take it from the scriptures, 
uh, when when the when Pharaoh instructed the midwives to kill the firstborn in the book of Genesis, uh, Exodus one verse seventeen, the midwives chose to respect God and spare the firstborns rather than kill as they were instructed by. Is men. is that what the so text says, Doctor Pamlison? Uh, from my uh, understanding and, and, and explanation of the fear of God is when we prefer to do God to do things God's way rather than do it, you know, the normal way or the secular way. That that's what so I'm trying the to fear establish. Of God is not in a sense fear and terrified. It's, it's, it's a sense of uh, respecting His principles and putting His uh, laws and principles. Exodus chapter what? Uh, Exodus chapter. Two. Uh, one verse 17. One verse 17. 117, the NIV reads, The midwives, however, feared God and did not do what the king of Egypt had told them to do. They let the boys mm. live. Um, I'm trying to establish how you define the word fear. Where did you get your definition of fear? Because that word fear there can also be construed as a general definition, which means I'm terrified of this person. If I kill these boys, they he will kill, this God will kill me. Where would you because get a definition that, uh, of fear? Our, our Bible was not written in English. It's translation. And some of the words, they are not direct translated from the Hebrew uh, or Jewish uh, ways that they've been written. So in this way, if I can give you another example, in Genesis chapter 42, verse 1, suggesting was used to mean fear there, Dr. Apostle? Can you say again? What Hebrew word are you suggesting was used that was incorrectly translated to mean fear? I'm not, I don't want to dwell, I don't want us to dwell on the words per se, um, but I just want to say from the context of all the scriptures I have studied, including in the Torah chapter 9, the 29 to 31, Moses leaders uh, leaders to help him on the basis that they fear God and wouldn't take bribes. You know, um, uh, unfo- unfortunately, the, unfortunately, the, Apostle, this is this is this uh, is where the nub is. This is the, where the nub of the matter is, Apostle. That um, when you listen to um, a lot of people, including Lebo uh, Ramafogo, the definition used there is this very famous and very prominent definition that resembles terror. Now, I'm not quite sure how you could run away from that point if that is the nub of the issue because her issue and many people is that we are taught to love, but this God, we are taught to fear him. Love your brother, but fear God. I know that's 300 times in the Bible, but again, uh, uh, love, God is love. God loves the world so much that he gave his only begotten son. I understand that, but I want us to stick to that word fear there, Dr. Apostle. We need to understand how you arrive at the conclusion that the word fear means something positive. Uh, Say that again, Dr. Apostle. 
always has a different meaning according to the context of, of which you, you read it from. Where would you get uh, that explanation there? Help us arrive at the explanation. If you're saying there are different definitions depending on the context, where would you arrive? How would you arrive at the conclusion? Do you have a definition, a dictionary definition that defines uh, fear in a positive way? I'm taking it from a specific sense of respect or and submission. Could you have possibly conjured up that meaning there, doctor, without the text actually meaning that? If we don't have any way of interpreting it that is legitimate and verifiable like a dictionary or an encyclopedia or a concordance or, an, or anything, where, where would you arrive at the conclusion that fear is in the positive? Perhaps we'll take a break right now. And if you can come back, when we come back, you can give us the Hebrew that would tell us that fear can be in the positive. That would help us a great deal. You're listening to Facts of Faith. The EPSA Premiership reigning champions Mamilodi Sundowns face the current drug leaders Kaiser Chiefs. On the sideline, it is Pito Jingles Msimani versus Ernst Mazinga.com Middendorp. And on the field of play, Kumpo Kekana battles it out with Karma Billiard. Whilst on the stands, it's Cabo Yellow against Rise Kosi Rise. Catch Abafanabe style up against Amakosi this Sunday at Loftus Ferrisworth Stadium. Tune in live to your favorite SABC radio station and SABC One at 3 p.m. Brought to you by SABC Sport. For the love of the game. On the penultimate episode of the next brand ambassador, the remaining six contestants face their toughest challenge yet. And in the boardroom, one finalist's dream gets dashed, while the others make the final five. That's the next brand ambassador. Thursdays at 7.30 p.m. Repeat Saturdays at 2 on SABC3. Naye Lupondwana on SAFM. This is Facts of Faith. I am Nayelu Pondwana. We are trying to investigate if there is any truth to the fact that this God that people are talking about is a God that is a terrorist amongst his believers. Or this is a God that can be loving as well. Perhaps it is the fault of human beings to overemphasize the terror and not the love. And now where we are stuck is on this word Yirat or Pahad, and these are Hebrew words that mean fear. And yet we're trying to establish what exactly do these Hebrew words mean? You heard what uh, Apostle Dr. Pamela Zulu referring to fear in the positive and suggesting perhaps we would get some ins- uh, insights from the Hebrew. And the Hebrew gives Yirat and Pahad, but then again, what do those words mean? Do they mean anything positive? Well, we're going to find out. Let's bring in the Hebrew perspective. Uh, this is Rabbi David Nossel. Uh, Rabbi, uh, I'd like to hear from you. Uh, first, definition of, he- of, of fear. Uh, no, I think you're 100% right. I think that if one looks at the scriptures and uh, at the various usages of the word yira or pachad, and there are hundreds, hundreds of places uh, within the uh, within, within the Bible, the five books of Moses, and then the books of the prophets, and the books of the writings, which has these words, 
And it's the same word, which is used both for instances of serve God with Yira, if do et Hashem the Yira, says mm. the, the verse, says King David, serve God with Yira. Um, what does God want from you other than to fear Lira uh, in Hebrew? So, but at the same time, it says, do not be afraid of sudden fear mm. in the book of Proverbs. So the same word in Hebrew, which is using, which is uh, extolling and uh, requiring of us to uh, relate to God, is the same word which tells us to not to be afraid of, um, of it. Things which we might be afraid of. So yes. I, I, I think it's, it's very difficult to say. No, the word in essence is actually a positive word. Mm. It's, it's sometimes it's used positively when we need to serve God with that particular uh, approach. But it also he said, "Don't fear that which you shouldn't fear." So it's 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 an, it's not simple. It's not simple. I don't. For me, I don't think the solution lies in translating the word into a word which is in of itself positive. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. All right. That's that's very clear. Thank you very much, Rabbi. Let's bring in Najma. Najma, from, from the Muslim perspective, uh, your definition of fear. Okay. Well, before I uh, answer your question, I just want to um, alert the listeners and yourself that we have uh, our Hindu community here celebrating Diwali. And I suppose we can say the fireworks that you hear in the background is probably in celebration of God's mercy and the triumph of uh, good over evil. So I hope I can hear you clearly uh, and that you can hear me clearly. So in answer to your question in terms of defining uh, the word fear is in fact translated as uh, taqwa in the Quran. So that is, we can call it the fear of Allah or we can call it um, God consciousness. And God consciousness is the only force that can restrain men from evil and wickedness. It is the fear, if you like, of Allah that keeps the heart of a believer awake and enables him to distinguish right from wrong. So having said that, I don't think that we as um, your guests and everyone listening that either agrees or disagrees with us, I don't think it's, uh, we, we're here to defend the fact that we should not be fearing God. I think the word terror is pretty harsh, and it's, in my opinion, it's an individual's uh, view on whether you see God as a terrifying or someone that, a being that should be so feared that you, you know, you're afraid uh, to a degree that um, you, you're forced into uh, worshipping or forced into doing something just out of being uh, terrified of that being. I, I, I just think that that's a very, very strong word. Okay, D does that mean that perhaps <laughs> when you're looking at the definition of taqwa or a taqula, it then it, it, it is something positive because even in the, the verses that you may choose to quote right now, you'll find it difficult to find it in a positive context. Or perhaps I have not read the Qur'an enough to discover those positive verses. Let's delve into the Qur'an. 
Is there a text that you can share with us that you could say is a positive text that would she tell us what Itakula or Takwa or Taku means? Okay, if I could hear you clearly there. Um, I'm quoting verse, uh, chapter 4, verse 131. Okay. It reads, God has called upon all people in every era to fear him. God says, and we had enjoined upon those who were given the scripture before as well as yourselves to fear God. Now, you might argue that that still sounds negative, but in my definition of fear, as in taqwa, means that there's a, there's a, there's a different level of God consciousness. Um, so there's also a, a, an authentic Tradition of the Prophet, peace be upon him. Sorry, Najma, I'm looking at my Quran here, and um, 31 does not read in that fashion. Am I I sure I got the right one? Mine reads, To Allah belong all things in the heavens and on earth. Verily, we have directed the people of the book before you and you, O Muslims, to fear Allah. But if you deny him, lo, to Allah belong all things in the heavens and on earth, and Allah is free of all wants, worthy of all praise. Right. Well, it's just a different version of the translation. I just took a very short version there in terms okay. of, um, and he had enjoined upon those who were given the scripture before as well as yourself to fear God. So he's extended on that one. So it's just one piece that I've taken. To substantiate what I was saying in terms of fear and mercy. Okay, all right, all right. Um, uh, let's 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 get now to um, uh, what we are talking about—the fear of God. Is is, is it overemphasized? Um, is it possible that perhaps um, this fear is the only thing that has preoccupied the minds of people? Uh, this fear that has to do with being afraid, as opposed to because when when you listen to almost generally all these preachers when they preach about fear, hardly ever do you find it in the positive sense. I'm I'm, I'm I I have, I would shudder to imagine um, what preacher uh, listened to uh, that would have struck this dissonance. To the extent that she says she does not want to be associated to a God that is to be feared. Uh, she has no problem reverencing that God and revering him and loving him. But mm. if I'm to be afraid of this God, that's not the God. Is it possible that people who are believers in a faith may have misrepresented this God? No, I agree with you in terms of this whole interpretation on it. But I think that um, it's how we've evolved over the years and how we've been taught and what we've been taught and how the discipline, if you like, has come in. And um, I think that it's a very generalized view to say that everyone, um, that we are taught to fear God in this way and hence he is a punishing God and he's a, um, you know, something that, again, a being that needs to be so feared that we terrified uh, and we only worship him because we're terrified of being punished. I think that, that that's just an individual's choice. And I think as a, as, a, as a collective, this is what has become, because this is the method that's being used. Um, I'm not criticizing leaders in, in, in the different religious uh, denominations in terms of how, what their approach is in teaching the, fear, uh, the, the difference between fear 
uh, and the mercy. So, so you're saying you we may have chosen to be afraid? <laughs> you think Lebo is, is who chose to be afraid? You're saying it's a matter of choice. We choose to fear God and be afraid of Him? You're saying that what she says... No, I'm not she, saying that it's our choice to be fearing. I'm saying that it's the choice of the... the, the, the you know, how we... How it's being taught to us. That's that's the point I was making. So okay. it's it's And then it's how we receive it. So just like your your clip yeah, was about uh, uh, disciplining children yeah. and corporal punishment so in a home uh, uh, parents would choose their method of discipline and so if you take it in a broader sense whether we all we all uh, agree that corporal punishment is unacceptable but now in your home are you instilling fear through corporal punishment or are you disciplining with love that's the difference. So that's the choice that that parent has made in terms of, so as a, as, a, as, a, as a believer, that's the choice one has to make, but we're making the choice from where we're drawing it from. Let's, let's, let's so be clear. Hold on, hold on, Najma. Our own interpretation Let, of it, I think that's, that's the point I'm making. Let's, let's, let's be clear. I, I, I can respect that point, but the moment you're going to talk about fear, and then you're saying it's a positive way, and then we're talking about uh, a corporal punishment. Uh, I, I, there... I'm drawing the, the, the same analysis from your clip. I understand. So, I understand. So you see, I, and I want you I to understand. Fear, hold on. Hold on. Hold on, Najma. Fear, hold, hold on, Najma. Fear, hold on. Hold on. I want. Yeah. I want us to be very clear. Um, she. 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 She used the, her springboard to be uh, the constitutional court and uh, saying no one should be spanking their children any longer. Right. And these are parents who had said they are going to be instilling the fear of God in the children. And there is only one way. There, There is no way of saying, oh, I'm going to smack my children lovingly and the children don't fear no. that smack. You may yes. be loving, but the smack is feared. And there's no positive fear when the child is being smacked. So if we're to appreciate the context of corporal punishment, there is no way of a child smiling when being smacked and saying anything positive about being smacked. So, so, okay, so I agree with you. But then again, it is what we said, uh, I was saying earlier, that I am in my believer's opinion of me. So if I believe that I have punishing God and... Um, that I cannot worship him simply because I, I love him and I know he loves me. That's my motivation. And now I want to explain something else to you where it says that, uh, um, you know, there's another word that I want to use, which is uh, Ihsan. So Ihsan is the Muslim's responsibility to obtain perfection or excellence in worship such that Muslims try to worship God as if they see him. And although they cannot see him, they undoubtedly believe that he is constantly watching over them. So it's not a watching over you as in a someone that's there to watch over you and, 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 and punish as a result. But it's that responsibility because we are accountable. And, and and that's that's the bottom line. We need to know. Right. So that child that's being disciplined needs to know discipline in whichever way, not corporal, 
has to be accountable. Okay. So how do you hold the child or yourself as a believer accountable All right. to the Lord that you worship? All right. I want to bring in because Lebo's on the line now. I'd like to hear from her because she's, I uh, hope she's been listening to what has been said because this mm-hmm. came from what she said. Lebo, good evening to you and thank you very much for talking to us. Hi, thank you. Hi, thank you so much for having me. I'd like to hear uh, what you're saying. You're listening to our experts here. We've got a rabbi, we've got a Muslim representative, Najma Kota, and then we do have Apostle Dr. Pemelizud from the Christian community. What are you taking away from what they're saying? I am taking away that the final point I need that we must problematize the concept of fear was a good one. Because, in fact, all of them are basically, for me, uh, showing just how problematic the word is. Uh, so I, I, I'm of the Christian faith, and I can tell you now, especially with the history of how Christianity got into South Africa, that the fear of God has been used to mean a number of things and to support a number of ideologies. And until we chat about that honestly and openly, then we are going to be going round and round in circles like we have been to be saying, but when is fear positive and when is fear negative? And let me give you an example. Until very recently, women were not allowed to even have positions of leadership in the church. Very recently, until very recently, the Catholic Church is only admitting to how many boys had been sodomized in the church. Now, when you grow up and you are a child, and that is where I started in my teens, and you are told that you, you must fear. Remember, when you are a child, the person that you meet is not God. The person that you meet is somebody who speaks on behalf of God. Mm-hmm. It's either a pastor, or if you are in, in a Christian home, it's a home. And they are then telling you about this force, this big force that you yourself cannot even fathom about fear. Now imagine how many people using the same scripture, if you are going to go into uh, the Catholic Church, for an example, would have how it could have been easy for children in the Catholic Church to have been sodomized and the Bible being used, this whole thing of you need to fear God. And I think for me, um, you know, we need to problematize it. We need to understand that, in fact, the Word of God is nuanced, and I like that, in fact, everybody has been saying, this is the translation of. And we need to ask ourselves, are those translations now useful, or are they not? And, 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 And I go back to what I say about what is more powerful. So if you look at Jesus in the New Testament, For me, what Jesus preaches is love. There is never a point where Jesus teaches fear. So I guess, for me, we will also have to go back and say, what does that tell us? When somebody says, follow me, we are Christians because we follow Christ. All right. Um, um, Just a few points there, uh, uh, Lebo. Um, The Catholic Church has never sodomized anyone. There are some wayward ministers in the Catholic Church that I've found to have sodomized. And I would like us to draw a distinction between the institution and its beliefs and the individuals. And I agree with you, but let me say this to you. Only now are they speaking about it. Regardless. Even when they knew 
that ho- children knew what's happening, they were not speaking out. I, again, that's not love for me. That's fear. That's that's a fair point. But I want us to just draw a distinction between the institution and its beliefs and okay. wayward individuals who have desecrated the beliefs of the institution. There is no it doctrine in the case. Such a social norm that Lebu? even if there were wayward people, they they did it, and it is only recently. Lebu? It is only recently that the church is speaking out. For me, Lebu? you keep quiet because of fear. That's the point that I'm making. I understand. I'm showing you how fear operates. I understand, Lebu, but I, I, do want, want us, I do not want us to walk away from this show walking away with a thought that the institution sodomizes people. There, there is no doctrine in the Catholic Church that says you must sodomize or hide sodomy. Fair enough. All right. But where people in your ideology cannot speak up yeah. it's because of fear, it's not because of love. Well, if you're listening to what the Pope said, and if you were listening to all the other uh, uh, clerics, in the, it, it was not because of fear. It was something totally different. But your point is well taken. When we come back, I want our guests to chew on the point that you're making. It's a very random point. And I say relative because, by the way, uh, Jesus did teach about hell, Lazarus being in heaven and the rich man being in hell, and that is fear of hell. So it is not actually accurate or correct to say that no point does Jesus teach about fear. There are points where Jesus teaches about fear and teaches fear. But I want us to take a break and come back. When we come back, let our guests engage in what uh, Lebo is talking about. You're listening to Facts of Faith. There is a new show on your screen, The Grand Pavilion, a cricket show that unpacks South African cricket on and off the field. Both women and men from junior ranks, professional cricket to the legends of the game. My name is Inokunkwe. I coach the the Proteus team. If I was not coaching cricket, I would be coaching football. Untold cricket stories are now available on SABC3 every Saturday at 11 a.m. The Grand Pavilion, proudly brought to you by SABC Sport. Can I pay my SABC TV license at Checkers Money Market? Yep. And stand a chance to win a share of 100,000 Rand in Checkers vouchers? That's right. Simply pay your TV license at any participating Checkers Money Market and stand a chance to win. And soon you'll also be able to register for your TV license in store. Only at Checkers Money Market, in partnership with SABC TV licenses. Competition ends 24 December. T's and C's apply. SAFM Radio and at Nayelu Pondwana on Twitter. All right, let's take your texts. Those of you who sent some texts and posts on Facebook, and uh, one reads uh, This is Zalisile Kumala Rice. Is it possible to fear some God you don't even know if he exists or not? Please. Don't tell me about a 2,000-year-old outdated Bible whose authenticity is doubtful and questioned. Wasn't it written by a group of old white-beard European males many years ago? If God that you believe in, why doesn't he show his face? Where is he when his beloved children are suffering, raped, enslaved, tortured, brutalized, discriminated against, abused, and need him most? Why didn't this Europeans who wrote the Bible fear him when they killed, raped, enslaved, and multi- mutilated our ancestors? There is nothing to fear. That's Lalisila Kumar on Facebook. I'm hoping I'm reading that correctly right. Exodus chapter 20, verse 20. And Moses said unto the people, Fear not, for God is come to you to prove you, and that 
his fear may be before your faces, that ye sin not. Yes, we should fear God. Fear going against his will, for his will is perfect and righteous. But fear shouldn't be overemphasized because we are not the children of disobedience. Fear is for transgressors. That's what I say. Thank you very much. And then Dombikona Bada writes, Very disturbing. Others say he is not changing, while on the other hand, he changed the death of Hezekiah. Oh, it bring upon it Ezekiel and extended his life to 15 years. So God is not a beast or a zombie to be feared. I'm not sure where and how this thought finds the place in our society. Dombikona Bada. Jongi Khadebe writes, God is my best friend. I have a personal relationship with him. I don't fear him. I respect him as my life partner. His outrageous grace has engulfed my soul. Thank you, my brother, for such an informative educational show. Thank you, Jongi. Andile Hasmini writes, To fear God is synonymous to obedience, not the kind of fear that makes us scared. That's Andiler Hasmin. Ayandandaba writes, Fear is fear. End of story. I somewhat agree with the lady who spoke on the clip just at the start of the program. At the moment, my analysis and uh, ponderment is on her statement. Okay, Ayandandaba, thank you very much. Bongani, Mashin, Yandin. Oh, Yandin. Writes, thanks for not updating 30 minutes after the show has started this Sunday. <laughs> what are you talking about, Bongadi? Andile Khazmid again. Interesting question there, Naya. And I think it's time the Christians and the Jews answer for themselves. It, it, it absolutely makes no sense to me that a loving and more merciful God can be easily associated with fear. A God that has murdered people. Absolutely ridiculous. That's Andile Khazmid at it again. Kanyisa Kamela Juba writes, Fear and respect are two different things. To fear is to be terrified of the same way a child is afraid of being bullied or and, and respect is to admire. Throughout the Bible, fear is more than emphasized. Job 28, 28. We are being threatened with hell. That's Kanyisa Kamela Juba. I'm going to have my guests respond to this. You heard what Lebu said, Rabbi. You heard what uh, uh, the fellow guests are saying. And now the posts on Facebook. Rabbi, you take the first step at responding to this. How do you respond to these? Thanks, man. So I'd like to share with you the following idea. Very deep, very profound, very important idea. Let's compare the relationship that we have with God to relationship with a parent. Of course we're supposed to love a parent. But there's also a place for sheer terror. You know what that place is? Mm. Not what we might have thought, that the parent is going to knock the daylight out of the child. That's not the reason for terror. Mm. The reason for terror is because the child loves the parent. The very love mm -hmm. that the child Absolutely. has for the parent is a reason for terror. And we have to add in a little bit more to the analogy to make it a little bit more uh, understandable. What happens if the parent entrusts 
the child with something so precious that if the child would break it, the child knows that that would disappoint the parent in the most deepest and the most painful way. When the child takes that heirloom or that crystal or that object and carefully carries it at the parent's bidding or holds onto it or looks after it, the child is terrified that they are going to disappoint or break that object. Or get a smacking. Sorry? Or get a smacking. They are terrified that if they break it, they're going to get a smacking. Yes, they are. They're, 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 that is, their out of their love, they are concerned for disappointing and letting down the parents. Okay. All right, uh, Apostle uh, Dr. Pamela Zulu, I, I, I was listening to you. You wanted to jump in many times. This is your chance. Yes, um, I just have clarity on the both translations. Right? Yeah. The Hebrew and Greek words translated in, have several things, like I said, of meaning. But in the context of the fear of the Lord, right? in the word uh, fear uh, is um, on that. To, I'm, I'm struggling to hear you, uh, Apostle Doctor. I don't know what's happening with your line. Hello. Okay, go ahead. Let's try that again. Can you hear me now? Yeah, I can. Okay. Go ahead. I just, I was just, uh, uh, as I, I mentioned earlier, that the, the Hebrew and the Greek word can have different of of meaning, and then in Hebrew, the word fear is 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 Y A R E, and it can mean to fear. Okay, Apostle Doctor, your line is not clear. We want to hear what you're saying. We can't engage you if we can't, we can't hear you. So we're going to have Joey take your line, clarify your line, and then come back after the break. You're listening to Fact of Faith. In Skin Sum this month, Pretty crosses a potentially dangerous line with her brother's best friend. Lieta tries to argue Monica's case. Kat is shocked to find that someone has vanished into thin air. But Celo and Mapisi are embroiled in another fight. Catch all the action on Skim Sam on SABC One every weekday at 6.30. SABC Education, enriching minds, enriching lives. Can I pay my SABC TV license at Checkers Money Market? Yep. And stand a chance to win a share of 100,000 Rand in Checkers vouchers. That's right. Simply pay your TV license at any participating Checkers Money Market and stand a chance to win. And soon you'll also be able to register for your TV license in store. Only at Checkers Money Market, in partnership with SABC TV licenses. Competition ends 24 December. T's and C's apply. Hashtag SAFM Facts of Faith. All right, let's try that line again with Apostle Dr. Pamela Zulu, uh, giving us some perspective on what she's been listening to. Go ahead, Dr. Pamela, you can, can continue. Apostle? Apostle Zulu, can you hear me? Okay, that line seems to have gone dead. Why would we try? It is gone. All right, uh, Najima, uh, you, you heard uh, what some of the people were saying in the posts on Facebook. I'd like to hear your response. Mm-hmm. Um, 
again, I couldn't hear all of it too clearly, but I just want to add to something here, and that is, uh, again, from the clip, when um, Lebo describes the, um, the loving, the compassionate, the merciful uh, Lord that uh, she believes in, uh, rather than the punishing God, and I just want to say that all of those qualities are innate in all of us. And hence, we also embody those qualities of God or those attributes of God. And what we as human beings have a responsibility to bring those qualities out in each other. So we don't leave it up to the way we worship God or how we believe in terms of uh, or what our belief is in terms of being punished, but also striving towards that consciousness. Again, I come back to that word consciousness and it's God consciousness. Uh, the Quran doesn't really directly refer to fear as fear. It's taqwa. It is God consciousness, meaning that you have to be aware of God's presence at all times. And that, in fact, then uh, brings in the personification, if you like, of the mercy of God, because that we have innate in all of us. I don't think um, any of us can deny that. Uh, if a child falls and gets hurt, even if it's not your own child or even if it's an adult, you're going to run and try to assist because you have compassion. And that is what we need to be conscious of and aware of. I'm sorry. I think I heard you say something that I'm not sure if you did say, but I'd like to give you the chance. Are you saying the Quran does not use the word fear? No, no, no. I'm saying it's there translated as fear. But I'm, when you, in your beginning, asked for a definition, yes. I gave you the definition of fear as taqwa. Yeah, and, and that taqwa is not anything closely related to positive. I'm not quite sure what it is that you were making, what point you were making there. Um, okay, let me give you another description of taqwa, which is equals fear, right? Taqwa is the most common word used for fear. It comes from the root wikaya, which means to protect and is used for a shield. Taqwa is to protect yourself from the consequences of your own actions. It is to protect yourself in two ways, to abandon sinning and adorn yourself with good deeds because you fear the punishment of Allah. Okay? So that, that again, does that explain it, Naya? Well, uh, perhaps we need to, again, uh, understand what exactly the point is made there because the text you quoted, you took us to, Surah 4, 131, uh, it doesn't put it as mild as you're suggesting. And also you could go to 3, 102. It still will give you the same. It doesn't give you that sense of those warm, fuzzy feelings. Let me read them so that everyone can understand. I'm not not giving it a warm, fuzzy feeling. Uh, In fact, uh, in in my introduction, I said that we're not here to defend the fact that we should be fearing God. Uh, I'm just using the same words that you've you've used for the show and for the purpose of this discussion. Um, I think it's, it's the fact that we know that we fear, we fear punishment, but we also know that God is most merciful. And here again, Allah describes the one who will benefit from the Quran. Uh, so he has... He let's, has let's, let's engage uh, with, with, with the definition you gave there, Najma. When, when you're going to say uh, the, 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 the meaning of the, the word taqwa is to protect something or to prevent something from happening to you, consciousness, I, I have no problem with that. But right. you know for a fact when you're going to seek uh, protection from that God, you know what he's going to do if you do not obey him. Right. Well, you, you know, but, and, and yes, that, that is yes, what we're talking but about. But again, we're talking about accountability. So the belief uh, in the forgiveness of God 
as the final authority leads the person to gain a sense of responsibility. What is going to happen when you're you irresponsible there, the Najima? That, uh, that someone else will be taking care of your sins. No, what, you what, what happens? That, 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 that's the, the reality of what Lebo was saying there that we seem to be circuitous about. That when we know things don't happen the way this God, this all-merciful God says, what's going to happen? Is he going to kiss us or kill us? What happens when we don't obey and seek his protection? Pardon? What happens when we don't seek his protection? Is he going to kiss or kill us? Well, the thing is, it's again your, your, the way you practice it and your, con, uh, your, your, your view of. You're not, you're not answering uh, the question, Nadja. Okay. We don't so have much I time. I need you. No, no, no. You're being circuitous uh, again, Nadja. I need you to get down to the answer. What happens when you do not obey? Okay, Will he I'm, make I'm, you I'm, I'm happy you. or is we he going fear, to kill you? We fear Al Jabbar, the compeller, and Al Aziz, the Almighty. But to fear Al Rahman, which is the merciful, the most merciful, is the height of true fear of Allah. What happens, Najma, when you don't mercy, abide? But you also, you, you believe in his mercy, which, which supersedes uh, his, 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 his uh, fearing him. Najma? Then, pardon? When you do not heed his mercy, when you pardon? don't seek his protection, yes, what yes, happens? Yes. What is he going to do to you if you don't obey? If you desecrate his place of worship, for example, if you disobey him, well, if you go and what is going to happen to you? Of course, there's an accountability. Which is what? Which is what? Tell us what that is. Punishment? Exactly. In, uh, well, if you want a straightforward <laughs> exactly. answer, then, uh, are we fearing um, uh, uh, hell? Yes. And punishment in the grave, as it were. But then that's not that's not instilling. So effectively, that's people are not sure abiding. That one is responsible for being accountable. Okay. For All one's right. Actions. Let's try so, the apostle so may again. I, may uh, I let, let's have the apostle conclude because we have two minutes remaining now. We wasted a lot of time um, uh, trying to get a, a straightforward answer. Uh, we, we can't get the apostle back. Okay, Rabbi, um, uh, you want to give you the opportunity to speak as well. Uh, okay, it's not even two minutes now. It's a minute. You can have your final shot there, Rabbi. It, can we safely say that this God that we're hearing from and about now is a God that says it's either you submit to me or you're going to go to hell? Would that be a fair summation, Rabbi? Like everything, it needs explanation. It doesn't sound very good. But even in that, there must be love. Even in that, he's all merciful. And if, in a word, because I only have probably less than a minute now, what would happen if the depth of the understanding of hell is embarrassment. Ultimately, what's going to happen to each and every one of us is we're going to come face to face with what we could have been and should have been. And when we recognize and we're shown what we could have been and should have been, we feel regret. But fire and brimstone are not, are not matter of and regret that, and remorse. That's our there. repentance and that's our salvation. That itself yes. is our cure. We're not going is not a final destination. It's the purification which we say sorry and we find favor in God's eyes. Purified with fire and brimstone, sulfuric fire. Sulfur does not purify. It destroys. It consumes. It annihilates. Isn't it there, Rabbi? The sulfur is a metaphor for the warmth that goes into a person's chest. <laughs> 
<laughs> when they recognize that okay. they haven't done what they're supposed to have done. Okay. All right. We'll leave it right there. On that note, Rabbi David Dawson, Rabbi and Qualified Medical Doctor. Thank you very much, Rabbi. Najma Kota, broadcaster, journalist, radio and TV presenter, was also a navigator and counselor at a cancer institute at a private hospital. Please hold the line, Najma. I'd like to engage you. And also we do have Apostle Dr. Pamela Zuhu, whose line got cut while we're still talking from the joy of the Lord Ministries International in Denver, Pretoria. To all of my guests, thank you very much. For me, Nayelu Pondwana and the team, have a wonderful evening. And Godspeed.